Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hit me with that stat again, because i got to admit, I had not heard this. Eight out of nine. Ooh, oh, that's a lot. No, the, uh, the the COVID thing? Yeah. How many deads? Uh, the, it's gone up uh, what? The rolling average, a 14-day rolling average of deaths in the United States from coronavirus is up 40%. The deaths. So, again, the simple math on this, uh, the, just to give an example, these aren't the right numbers, but to give an example, if if something is half as deadly but spreads three times as easily, deaths will go up. Correct. Or you in the case it? of uh, the Omicron, it's, uh, I think it's about one-fifth as deadly as the Delta, but we could easily see 50 times as many cases because it's so incredibly contagious, so that's why a milder form is making deaths go up. It's really not difficult to comprehend. That's the bad news. The good news is it comes and goes quickly, and there are more examples of that out today. Omicron headed for a rapid drop in Britain and the U.S., according to the latest numbers. It's done this all around the world. It's already running out of people to infect it just happened. It, it spreads so fast that it very quickly runs out of people to infect. Lasts a couple of weeks, and they're already uh, cratering the number of cases in Britain, having just got hit a couple of weeks ago. So it hits, and just cases go nuts two weeks later, which is 14 days. Doesn't take very long. And then it steeply goes down again. And it's happened in Britain, and it happened in New York. It's going to happen everywhere in America. But maybe you haven't been hit yet, so you haven't rolled through this yet. Ah, yes, exactly. And that's the handy part of the United States of America, if you're a fear-mongering journalist. When it surges in New York City, you'll highlight New York City. Two weeks later, it's nothing, right? But good news, good news, it's surging in Detroit. Feature that for a while. That's going to go away, but you can say it's surging in San Francisco and just keep beating the drum of fear and getting those clicks. It's fabulous having a 3,000-mile-wide, plus Alaska and the fake state of Hawaii, uh, a nation of 330 million people. Very handy for clickbait. So different topic. Yesterday, Joe Biden gave the most divisive speech I have ever heard a president give, I think. And uh, incredibly damaging to the republic, and he clearly does not give a crap about trying to bring us together. He's decided that can't happen. The atmosphere is just not there for that. The only way to win an election is to uh, really, really, really energize the Twitter left. And so he called everybody, including a fair number of Democrats, racists who aren't for doing away with the filibuster. The filibuster is what uh, requires 60 votes to pass most legislation as opposed to 50. It would be a horrible idea, according to, well, Joe Biden, up until like a month ago, and Barack Obama and Chuck Schumer and Harry Reid and a whole bunch of other Democrats and Republicans. And Mitt Romney gave a pretty good speech yesterday responding to Joe Biden, colleague of his up until fairly recently. Mitt Romney, not exactly a bomb chucker, not exactly a guy who uh, who, who, who says inflammatory things just to raise money. No, in fact, I heard him called yesterday the center of the Senate. Here's a little Mitt Romney standing up for the filibuster. For a law to pass in the Senate, it must appeal to senators in both parties. This virtually assures that the bill did not originate from the extreme wing of either one, and thus best represents the interests of the broadest swath of Americans. The Senate's minority empowerment has meant that America's policies inevitably tack towards the center. As Senator Biden previously affirmed, quote, as at its core, the filibuster is not about stopping a nominee or a bill. It's about compromise and moderation. 
great quoting Joe Biden on why the filibuster, having 60 votes, is so important. And I thought that was good from Mitt Romney. He gave a five-minute speech. We should link it at our website, because the whole thing's worth hearing. Uh, at armstrongandgetty.com, we'll get that at some point. But what he just said there, that it virtually eliminates the chance for a fringe wing of either party to drive a policy. You have mm-hmm. to appeal to the middle of both parties to be able to get 60 for any policy. And that is a big difference, as he pointed out at one point in the speech. You know, for presidents, it's winner take all. For the Supreme Court, it's flat out, you know, five beats four. Uh, the House, obviously, that's the way it is. Majority wins. But not in the Senate. You have to get some of the other side on board, a chunk of them on board to get something through, and it's important. Unless you have an enormous mandate, you have 60 votes. And he also talked uh, for a while about how we would veer from side to side uh, very quickly because you do away with the filibuster and 50 senators can pass these uh, new voter rules. Well, the Republicans come in with 50 senators and they just change it back. And as he said, uh, businesses in America, people in America, countries around the world wouldn't have any idea what the United States is going to be like in two years because mm-hmm. we would veer back and forth. He talked about that. But I also like this. He got into the uh, the claims that the filibuster, that the needing to have 60 votes, really is what they're talking about, is is racism. It's, it's a product of Jim Crow. And Obama claimed that and Biden claimed that. Let us be clear that those who claim the filibuster is racist know better. For President Obama to make this absurd charge after he himself made a vigorous and extensive defense of the filibuster just a few years ago is both jarring and deeply disappointing. After all, I don't recall a single claim from Democrats that employing the filibuster hundreds of times over the last several years when they were in the minority was in any way racist. Democrats have used it hundreds of times. I think it was 300 and change uh, during 2020 alone. By the 300. way, 300. <laughs> Mitt Romney saying something is deeply disappointing is the Mormon Mitt Romney version of saying you effing a hole. <laughs> right, I'm going to come um, over this table and beat the hell out of you. But it is deeply disappointing. I, I, I can't believe that people like Joe Biden and Barack Obama are willing to inflame racial tensions across the country this way for a minor political game it's just it's just unbelievable i think they are that desperate honestly i think they're seeing certain trends in the electorate the fact that the democratic party is losing working class america white brown and black but it's obviously such a short term game that's only for the next you know round of uh, the the house elections and that sort of stuff it's not it's not long lasting you're willing to say that side's racist because they want to do this even though everybody's got the receipts, if you want to take the time, you can find all kinds of videos on YouTube of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and all these Democrats and plenty of Republicans talking about why it's so important that the Senate have a 60-vote threshold. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are sacrificing a hell of a lot for an incredibly small gain. It's it's extremely irresponsible, and it's ugly. It's hard to believe. But they are into a situation now. And and there are a lot of things that play into this. I mean, the inflation numbers, the COVID is going nowhere. Biden vowed to defeat the virus, blah, blah, blah. I don't actually blame him for that. There's nothing you're going to do, really. Um, but so they're into desperation time, and they are shouting to their base, explaining why 
uh, the base should vote for them. And if they have to say, we're going to defeat Jim Crow, or we're going to end the filibuster, or we're going to put family fitness centers on Pluto, or we're going to teach fish to talk, I mean, they'll claim freaking anything. And Joe Biden doesn't for a second think any of this is going to happen. No. But to call us, and Democrats, by the way, who are in favor of voter ID, for instance, to call them Jim Crow, call them Bull Connor, call them Jefferson Davis, call them enemies of the Constitution, that is so ugly, Trump in, Trump would not have contemplated that. It's as over the top as anything Trump ever said, certainly. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought this was pretty good. The President of the United States traveled to Georgia, made a series of false claims about the electoral process, and called on Congress to do something he knew full well it would not do. Happened in January 21. Happened in January 22. That is 100% accurate. President calling on Congress to do something they aren't going to do and playing a very dangerous game of rhetoric. And Joe Biden was going to be the grown-up that was going to move us away from the crazy Trump years. Unfreaking believable Is anybody going to arrest the direction we're going? Is anybody going to, other than Mitt Romney, is anybody going to say, whoa, whoa, we got to quit doing this. Let's go back to like 10 years ago. Michael, any chance you could find my favorite Cardi B clip where she's rapping about Mitt Romney from back in the day? In answer to Jack's question, Jack, uh, yes, when it stops working, they will stop doing it. And I think we will get, maybe, I hope, maybe this is my wishes being the father of my thoughts. Um, I'm thinking a lot of people are getting tired of the constant hyperbole and the screeching. I hope you're right, but there is like a third option there. They keep doing it or uh, people get tired of it. The, The third option is we end up with so much violence in the streets and running street battles a race war or a class war that they've been stoking for years that the whole thing falls apart. Unlikely, but not impossible. I'm afraid to say. I just, I just, I I don't see how they can so lightly accuse people of being a traitor to the country. A kick in the gut. Because you, because you don't want to do something that you didn't want to do just a couple of years ago? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's inexcusable. It's incredibly ugly. So speaking of ugly, uh, Trump might get drummed out of Trump world for something he said, if you haven't heard about this. Uh, also, what else do we have? Oh, you know, we were talking about the, uh, the expansion of Chinese ports and how they're the, kind of dual The use. really rich wine that you drink with dessert? No, different thing, where boats go to dock. Uh, why that's extra scary. Double, triple scary, if you will. Even more scary than the fact that China is building a moon? <laughs> that's fairly troubling. It's <laughs> a good story. Uh, we got all that stuff on the way. I hope you can stay with us. It's worth staying with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you are pissed off about the direction of our country, let's go. If you're ready to secure the border and stop the invasion, let's go. If you want to keep corrupt politicians from rigging elections, let's go. 
I'm Jim Lehman. Let's take the fight to Joe Biden and show him we the people put America first. The time is now. Let's go, Brandon. Are you with me? I'm Jim Lehman, and I approve this message. Wow. Guy running for U.S. Senate? I like the stirring music. I like the whole homespun voice thing. Uh, the Let's Go Brandon feels a tad yesterday, doesn't it? Just a little used, a little uh, <laughs> shop-worn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I'm so despondent about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so dumb. Uh, interesting, Donald Trump yesterday, he may be drummed out of uh, uh, the Trump world. He came out and said, uh, he was talking to One America News, which is, you know, way right news network um, and, and loyal Trumpists. Um, he said he's received the booster and has seen politicians get asked in interviews whether they've also gotten a third shot. And he said, quote, they don't want to say it because they're gutless. You got to say it, whether you've had it or not, say it. But the fact is that I think the vaccine saved tens of millions throughout the world. I've had absolutely no side effects. You know, it's interesting. I was saying, I think you ought to get uh, vaccinated. I, don't, I think there's no downside to it from what I've been able to gather from friends and scientists and doctors and the rest of it. Um, and, and people wrote back, uh, they wrote angry emails um, saying, you're wrong. How do you trust the government's uh, numbers, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, that's fine. I get it. Some some of you, though, you say because A, B, but there's no direct line from A to B. You're making a leap. You're making an assumption. And it's not a, it's not good, sound, solid reasoning. And I don't know how to teach you how to reason. But you do what you think is right, um, and that's fine. I'm not offended that you think differently than me. Um, I just don't want conservative America to have 10 times as many deaths as liberal America is, which is what happening, which is what is happening right now. Tom Brady's clothing line just launched details oh. to come. Uh, you can, you can hang on to those details if you like. It's expensive, very expensive, cl- expensive closing line. So he's, he's not doing the, um, you know, there's a lot of money in doing, uh, like being a celebrity like him and doing like a Walmart level of clothing line. Uh, sure. What's her name? Who played Daisy Duke in the Duke's Jessica Simpson. Yes. God, she's made a gazillion dollars and lots of people, you know, having stuff be in Target and Walmart, more money than you can, you know, count. But he's going the other way. He's going the high end clothing. Um, so Joe will not be wearing Tom Brady clothing. What was the other one I wanted to hit you with? It was stupid. Unless it's know. in like the cutout bin and in a couple of years. Oh, you know what I saw in the Wall Street Journal? This is so crazy. I'm just going to read you the, uh, the opening paragraph. The rapper Machine Gun Kelly. Can you picture him? He's heavily tattooed. I only know pierced. him. I only know him because he got in a fight with Conor McGregor at a award show. Right. And he's with some hottie uh, starlet, right? One of your A-listers? I don't know. Getting in a fight with Conor McGregor seems like a terrible idea. Bad life decision. (laughs) But the the rapper Machine Gun Kelly stopped by the Drew Barrymore show in early December, talking to the show's host with somber sincerity about mental health. A beat later, the musician said to Barrymore, I know my publicist is back there just like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be talking about nails. That's right. Machine Gun Kelly appeared on the show to promote his new line of nail polishes, and he gave Barrymore a quick on-air paint job with his wares. He's a gentleman, isn't he? He is a gentleman. He's one of a spate of male musicians who've recently launched nail polishes for dudes. All right. Harry Styles, rapper Tyler the Creator, uh, Backstreet Boy A.J. McLean, rapper Little Yachty. 
I suppose I should, uh, you know, I'm never going to do it, but my boys might. It might become a thing that everybody, you know, my son's age is doing it, for all I know, in the next year. Can I do, like, skulls or bullets or some lightning bolts? Something manly? Combining celebrity and politics, Clay Aiken is on The View today to talk about his run for governor, U.S. Senate? Something Congressman like in North Carolina. Okay. He's a, he was American Idol way back in the day. Seems like a thoughtful young fellow oh, yeah, who cares about fine. politics. Yeah, the, yeah. the fact that he can sing well doesn't preclude him from being in politics. No, I wouldn't vote for him. He doesn't uh, you know, see the world the way I do. But uh, again, seems like a nice enough fellow. Uh, Tom Friedman, writing in the New York Times today, thinks a Biden-Cheney ticket is a good idea. Joe Biden, Biden and Liz Cheney. When? For 2024. Anybody who proposes Joe Biden running in effing 2024 is pulling your leg. That's an impossibility. Stop it. (laughs) Do you understand actuary tables? Jeez, he's not even going to live to the end of this term. He's going to quit after two years and a day. It's obvious he's senile. Shut up with your Biden in 2024 crap. Tell me about Yosemite Sam, Yosemite Sam or George Washington running in 2024, for God's sakes. Shut up with that. Sorry, that was a little over the top. I've been a little stressed out lately. What's the most popular TV show in America? It is again this year, and it's one of the most popular TV shows in the history of America. Tell you about that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, the pandemic has caused all kinds of shortages around the world, but Norway's military is dealing with a very unique one. Check this out. Norway's military faces an extraordinary problem, a shortage of undergarments. At the end of their service, recruits must now turn in their underwear, bras, and socks so that the next group of service members can reuse them. Wow. Whether it's the Norwegian military or Norwegian cruises, they have the same slogan, you're going to need extra underwear. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. Oh. Erg. So that's Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show, which is on NBC, home of the number one show in America, which is, you could probably guess if you know anything about TV ratings, Sunday Night Football on NBC. I grew up with Monday Night Football being a big deal, but Sunday Night Football is now, by a long shot, the most popular show in the history of television. Really? In the history of television. What? It has been number one now for 11 straight seasons. Oh. That's double the run of six consecutive seasons, almost, of American Idol back in the early 2000s. Huh. Um, third place is uh, Five Years of the Cosby Show was the number one show. Tied with All in the Family. you got to go all the way back to Gunsmoke which had a four-year run, but nobody's even come close to 11 straight years of being the most-watched show. And it's a most-watched show by a lot, um, averaging about 19 million viewers, which in the modern era is uh, is a big number. Yeah, Worth pointing out, you know, well, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but back in the day, there was only three channels, and if you were the number one show at the time, the the audience that you would have would dwarf what Sunday Night Football gets. 
Even, so it's had a run as the smartest horse, in other words. Even when the population was half as much, you would right. you're, you're marry Tyler Moore or I Love Lucy or whatever, um, had a much larger audience. But now that it's splintered so much. But still, 20 million, again, in the modern era, is a giant hit show. The They got a big boost from the damn near 30 million people that tuned into Tampa Bay, New England. Brady versus his own team, almost 30 million. Big ratings for... Uh, Raiders barely beating the Chargers on Sunday night, and so um, a lot of it has to do with the splintering of everything else. Like Joe said, you're the the smartest horse. It it drops off so much from the number one show. I got to believe they're just printing money off of this because it's a live show where the people are much more likely to see the commercials than Mm -hmm. all those other shows that people are recording and skipping through the commercials. Right. If you're a football fan, I mean, if you're a fan of whatever, you know, Emily in Paris, it's conceivable you'll get a spoiler at some point, but you can avoid it. If you're a big football fan, you've got to watch live or damn near live, or you're going to know the result and such. So, yeah, that you're really compelled to watch it live. I've been sucked back into the NFL, by the way. I'd given it up uh, kind of. I'm an NFL junkie, but I don't like it for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I, I heard that uh, my the 49ers, my team of choice, had won a spectacular game over the, the hated Rams of Los Angeles. And so uh, I watched it on DVR, and, man, it was a humdinger. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I'm back. I'm back, crawling on my knees, begging for a hit. I was surprised that um, like Cosby being number one for five years was third place. Um, I saw Jerry Seinfeld. I remember when Cosby drugged America into watching every week through his wit and his homespun, sweet, calm, family-oriented kindness. Wow. Um, and even probably, as, sh- probably should have worked that one out in advance. It's um, a good idea, though. <laughs> I was watching a clip of Seinfeld the other day. <clears throat> At some point, I watched too many clips of Seinfeld, so my YouTube is constantly feeding me Seinfeld clips. He likes Seinfeld. Let's give him more Seinfeld. And then I watch him. It's like what you're always talking about. If you shop for a lawnmower, you get ads for lawnmowers in the next few years. Like your guy who just just keeps buying lawnmowers. You just can't stop buying lawnmowers. Sure, I got one in the garage. I'm going to get five more this year. Keep giving me ads for lawnmowers. But anyway, I got this. uh, And Jerry Seinfeld said, you know, people forget this, but we were on the air for nine years. Half of that time, I was thinking we were going to get canceled. They moved us around from slot to slot to slot to slot. You know why we ended up being the number one show? Because Ted Danson got tired of being on Cheers. That's why. <laughs> and then he retired from Cheers, and they put us in the 8 o'clock Thursday night slot, and then we became the number one show, just like they had been. So I thought that was pretty good perspective from a guy who could, you know, beat his own drum more than he did. But he said the first four years, they kept moving us around. They couldn't find an audience. Critics loved us. We had a niche audience, but we weren't going to stay on the air till Ted Danson quit. Sure. Yeah, it's worth remembering. For a lot of different reasons. Yeah. That's just the way life is. And always, yep. it, with, with incredibly few exceptions, success takes way longer than you expected it would, no matter what your field. And you get a couple of breaks along the way. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Generally involving Ted Danson. <laughs> In my experience. Funny. Yeah. You know, I've been anxious to read this letter from this lady, and uh, is there a reason talking about socialist health care? But it's it's a downer. Going backwards, just a second. Is there a reason Sunday night football is more popular than Monday night football? Because is there a reason? You know, but more than I do, I don't watch sports anymore, and I promise should. Lee, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to remember what time it's on. It's uh, is it the announcers or anything like that? Because I mean, Monday night football was the thing. Oh my god, for so many decades. 
Is this where we bring in young Alex? Because I don't know the answer to that question. Alex, why is Sunday Night Football bigger than Monday Night Football now? Primetime audience, better matchups, the announcers. Well, the better matchups has got to be because they were more popular and so could... Uh, bigger influence on uh, standings. They're able to flex games into Sunday night football. So the later in the season you oh, see, oh, this is going to be a playoff matchup yeah. or determine things, we can put that on the primetime audience. That's one thing they couldn't do back in the day when you know we were watching Monday night football when we were all younger. You know, you'd get toward the end of mon- the season of Monday night football, and you have, well, it sounded like a great game back when they <laughs> scheduled it, but not now. Well, right, and and the point is, I mean, for instance, if it's a Tampa Bay, uh, then and then whoever the 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 Patriots at the end of the year, you can tell them, hey, fellas, you're not playing at one p.m., you're playing at five p.m., mm-hmm. and it's not an enormous disruption. You can't you, if you move it by a day, right? You know, week of, I mean, that's brutal, and even week of would screw up ticket sales and all. But you see the point. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, mildly at least. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 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 got sucked in, oh, I'm back. And, and who are the announcers on Sunday night? Uh, the legendary Al Michaels and oh. Chris Collinsworth. Okay, so Al Michaels, Al Michaels, who was the voice of Monday Night Football all those years, is now on Sunday. Okay, I get it. Are Pat Summerall and uh, John Madden still doing Monday night? Uh, not on terrestrial Earth. <laughs> we missed the John Madden death because that happened while we were on vacation. I, I saw some clips that were floating around on the Twitterverse of, you know, John Madden highlights that were just fantastic. And, man, brought me back to my youth of watching, man, when he, when he and Summerall were younger, they were, oh, my God, they were so good. You know what I was reminded of, though, uh, getting back to the Jerry Seinfeld conversation, was that for especially the first season, uh, John was extremely uncomfortable. He didn't quite have the feel of it uh, for, for quite a few games. It took him a while to find his footing, and he grew into one of the great... Really, communicators about any topic ever. You know, granted, it's football and it doesn't really matter, but he became, you know, the conduit between the common fan and the complexities of the game in a way that's really, really admirable. But, yeah, he he was pretty bad the first year. And as Chris Collinsworth, I think, said, uh, John Madden was like the guy sitting next to you at the bar, except he just knew a lot about football. But he talked to you like the guy sitting next to you at the bar, which is not an easy talent to have. Yeah, it's a gift. Anyway, the big man will be missed. He had a great run. And he got his booster shot and he died. Oh, Just God's like oh, get some shame. Bob Saget, you Betty suck. White, and Bob Dole. I'm working with Bob. I'm working with Joe Biden over here. You Jack suck. Biden. You suck. That's, a, that's a harsh criticism. What a moron. That, uh, <laughs> give me Dr. Give Fauci again. What a moron. I don't actually believe that, but I'm telling you that it's still a thing on the Twitterverse that all those celebrities got the booster shot and then died. How many people believe that? Or are just, you know, poking their friends by retweeting that stuff? I don't know. Russian bots. Russian bots. Chinese bots. Exactly. Garbage. Um, we will finish strong. That's our promise. Uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. I'm pleased to report that the Chicago Teachers Union House of Delegates uh, voted to end their work stoppage. 
Chicago public school teachers are back in their classrooms today after their union's leadership approved a deal to end their week-long walkout. But absent from the proposal are several of the union's biggest demands. Some union members are not satisfied with the deal and are frustrated they gave up four days of pay for so little. One teacher reportedly told a reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, I just paid $3,200 for two KN95 masks. Reportedly told a reporter. Is that... Uh... So the kids are back in school in Chicago. Yeah, I think the teachers union decided, let's go back to the well one more time. Come on. Let's try it. Come on. Yeah. And they got nothing. Well, it was exactly what everybody thought it was. And a naked power grab with the kids' education as a pawn that they don't care much about. Their very souls, their hearts, their, their psyches. Yeah, they don't give a crap about that. I have talked about this before. How I can't joke with young people anymore. Mm, right. I, I don't know at what age you can no longer joke with young people, but I'm that age plus a day, apparently, and have been for a little while. <laughs> Every time I try to joke with young people, I get a blank stare like you're a crazy person or I don't know how to react to that or or something like that. You can't joke deadpan. That's for sure. So, but, but why? What changed? There's just some sort of gap, or do you get close enough to their parents' age? Because I was just, <laughs> I was just doing a riff on the coffee maker with some new younger coworker who just looked at me with wide eyes, right? At the whole time, <laughs> I said, "Yeah, you use the coffee maker? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Well, I'm going to smash it with a hammer someday. Going to smash it into tiny pieces." And she just looked at me. And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I get a YouTube video of it. I'm sure I get lots of clicks when I smash this into tiny pieces." She said, "Oh." Well, have a good day. And she turned around. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm like your dad's age and you think when my dad sounds like this, he's mad at me. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I, there is an age you reach or there's a gap you have where you can no longer joke with young people. Yeah, I think it has to do with, you know, how language changes and slang changes and sarcasm changes and the rest of it, you know, oh. generations. And I think they go into the interaction saying, this person is from a different culture. I, I, I don't automatically know how to take their, like, deadpan sarcasm. It's weird. I can't tell. They're from somewhere else. It's weird for me. And if you know anything about this, like, if you understand it from a, I don't know, anthropological standpoint, or you're younger and you understand it, or you're older and you understand it, hit me on the text line. I'd love to know. 415-295-KFTC. I used to joke with, uh, like, check out people all the time. I have my whole life. And I usually crack people up. With, like, my deadpan commentary on something. And mm. now, unless they're over 40, I just get stares like, should I? am I going to have to call security? Or they got their <laughs> hand on the button underneath the table for, like, if there's an armed robbery. Uh, wow. I don't know what happened. I, I got to stop because I'm, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. That's not my goal. I'm not Andy Kaufman or it's not, a, you know. <laughs> but I just, I make, I clearly make them so uncomfortable. Young dudes, too? Or is it because you've only mentioned young women? Uh, Maybe they think you're perving on them. That could be. You know, I think it is mostly young women, which is just a factor. Mostly tends to be more women checkout people. But I'll have to pay attention if the dudes take it better than the the women do. Like last night, I bought a pie. And uh, I need need me this pie really bad. And um, and they looked at me. That's a strange thing to say. And uh, do you <laughs> want it back? Me. No, I'm going to eat it in the car. 
And once again, just <laughs> looked at me and was like, okay, here's your pie, crazy person. Well, i got to admit, <laughs> if some customer told me I'm going to eat it in the car, I probably wouldn't laugh at them in case they're serious, because that would be hurtful. I used to make the same jokes and people laughed. Yeah, maybe and you're now... less funny. Huh? How about that? <laughs> Often the uh, most obvious explanation is the correct one. Hmm? I think hmm? you're probably right. I think there's probably a manner of speaking, like I don't up talk or something, that you're from a different culture. And right. so I don't know how to react to this. You're a foreigner. Right, I'm a foreigner now. Yeah. i got to stop trying. Speaking of foreigners, I mentioned this, so I, I absolutely want to pay it off for you. I've been reading more about China's uh, expansion of ports around the world. They are building ports for countries. Well, but they come with major strings attached, including uh, there's allegedly a contract to build a port in Cuba. Here's where it really gets crazy. We talked yesterday about how they're dual use. They're civilian ports, shipping ports, but they're quickly convertible to military ports. Even more directly threatening. The People's Liberation Army is developing long-range missiles. These are serious missiles capable of being fired from launchers disguised as shipping containers. Oh, According to, I, I think he's a U.S. intelligence official who is speaking um, on the, on the uh, condition of anonymity. Well, he's a U.S. official familiar with China's port network and their weapons development. So you, you guess who that might be. The PLA is building a variant of the YJ-18 long-range cruise missile that can be fired from a mobile launcher disguised as a 40-foot-long shipping container. That's clever. The container missile was copied from a Russian system that's fairly similar. When fully developed, the system could turn China's container ports into cruise missile bases, all of them. And the 90 and counting ports that they are either have built or are building or planning to build around the world, every single one of them would be an impossible to detect Chinese missile launching base. Well, they've already got the hypersonic missile that they can launch from China and get it to L.A. without us detecting it. The fact that they don't need to launch it from China, that can be much, much closer? Well, that's frightening. Well, and not only that, but say you're a Chinese shipping company, and Chairman Xi says, yeah, you got the 1,208 legitimate containers on your ship, you're going to be carrying 1,209 containers for a while. And those civilian ships, legit civilian ships, will be missile launch sites. And they have no say in it. Holy crap. I'm ready for final thoughts. You're ready for final thoughts. I'm ready for final thoughts. Hmm. Final thoughts. <laughs> That's a bit of an inside joke, but pretty damn funny. Yeah, pretty good. Well executed. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There is our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, what's your final thought? You know, you're right, Jack. Humor has changed. I was just making a list here. The movie Airplane. Yeah, we had Don Rickles. All in the family. This is stuff that we all thought was funny that young people today would be horrified with. Maybe. Could be young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Uh, I don't think old comedy doesn't relate. Like, I, for one, love Don Rickles. I love Caddyshack. I love Airplane. So I don't. I think comedy is just relative and more maybe young people are stupid. Maybe know. I'm just not funny. Uh, 
There's that. Uh, speaking of which, here's uh, Jack, the co-host of the show. Jack, final thought? I hate to go serious all of a sudden, but I'm reading from the dispatch. Biden explicitly during his speech yesterday at two different points said he was not being hyperbolic. But nearly everything the president said yesterday about Georgia's election law was either missing context and exaggeration or outright false. Nice. Yeah, I would I would agree. You know, as long as we're talking about Biden's speech, it was one of the ugliest moments in modern presidential history. It's a good thing that it was such a pathetic effort. It will have virtually no effect. But the downside of that is he will not get the spanking he deserves for being so brutally, unfairly unkind to so many decent Americans, including a lot of uh, Democrats. Just right. bizarre moment. Unless you're okay with being called a racist. I'm not. Digging the music up. We need to write words to that. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Consider it done. So many people have thanked so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you see something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Grab the podcast. If you missed a chunk of the show, uh, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, wherever podcasts are distributed, or at armstrongandgetty.com. Plus, uh, hot links are there. The articles we talked about, some we didn't get to. Good stuff. Click on them. That's awesome. We didn't talk enough about the inflation numbers today. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. We will see you then. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Hear me plainly. I will not sugarcoat this. There were things we simply did not get right. I expected more. The pathetic spectacle. I think I'm kidding. Totally incorrect. What in the hell heck are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So let's go out with a bang. Right. And there are two levels of punishment. The the most obvious level is you actually Light vote whipping? for. No, no, no. no. Practically so tickling. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.